Pittsburgh, a city known for its brooding gothic horror. Between these three rivers flow rivers of blood, where they'll put french fries on your sandwich at Pramani Brothers or blood in your vodka at Elysium. This is the Stream of Blood podcast, and you're listening to Vampires of Pittsburgh, our ongoing Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle. I'm Jared Logan, the storyteller, and I'm joined by Thomas Middleditch as Miles Vanderbuck, Ross Bryant as Curtis Krieger, and Ashley Birch as Jen Brown. You can watch our game streamed every week at twitch.tv forward slash stream of blood. Drink deeply, my friends, and enjoy. Hello, welcome. You are watching a special Gen Con edition of Vampires of Pittsburgh. I am your storyteller and host, Jared Logan. I am so happy you have joined us here tonight. Um, This is going to be incredible. Um, Why don't I give a brief recap of the entire Chronicle to the people who are joining us tonight? A very brief one. And then we will launch into tonight's climactic conclusion to 20 sessions worth of gaming uh your recap is this these three uh people were embraced one night sort of against their will uh sort of as a surprise um they didn't know quite what they were getting into they didn't know about vampiric existence miles vanderbuck the crusty old dock worker who just walked off the the screen for a second and union union man that was important to the anarchs who embraced you um, Curtis Krieger, the veteran of foreign wars, who had kind of been speaking out a lot in his uh, veterans um, support group about how the government isn't helping them enough. He had some revolutionary ideas. The anarchs that embraced him noticed that. And Jen Brown, who was the tech CEO of a uh, very innovative new uh, app company called Grouper, and who, who herself had a lot of revolutionary ideas because her app was uh, used often uh, by protesters and people that wanted to communicate in those types of movements. All three were embraced against their will as a surprise one night. And right after they were embraced, right after they roused themselves and awakened to their vampiric condition, their sires were brutally destroyed in front of their eyes and they were whisked off to Elysium where they met the Camarilla leadership who were kind of deciding whether to keep them around or destroy them. Long story short, through a series of like rolling dice and saying things, uh, they managed to stop themselves from getting destroyed as uh, fledgling, you know, illegal fledgling vampires. And they were sort of adopted by certain vampires among the Camarilla leadership. Uh, Jen Brown was adopted by the uh, primogen of the Nosferatu clan and, uh, creepy-looking old woman uh, kindred uh, of Polish uh, origin named Miss Sonia, uh, who makes her haven in Polish Hill. Curtis Krieger was sort of adopted by the sheriff of Pittsburgh, um, uh, uh, one of the last gangrel in the Camarilla, uh, a man named Churchill Jackson, who is a vampire of principles who believes strongly in following the traditions. And Miles Vanderbuck was, strangely enough, adopted by the Prince of Pittsburgh, the new Prince of Pittsburgh, Adelaide Ross, a Malkavian with 
megalomaniac uh, tendencies. Uh, she's perfect. Her Number smile's one, perfect. Miss Prince. Miss Prince. Prince. Let's cut to the chase. Uh, after a while, they got tired of some of the missions they were sent on. The missions were brutal. They really took uh, took a toll on our three vampires. Uh, you know, learning about their new undead existence, but also going on these missions really took a toll on them. Um, through the course of this, Miles became blood bonded to the prince, whereas the other two became really, really questioning of Camarilla leadership. Finally, they were sent on an investigation to find out about the Anarchs that had been sort of infiltrating the city. You know, possibly the Anarchs who had originally embraced them, like the, that entire group. And when they did that, they came upon a very strange and dangerous Anarch plot. Uh, the Anarchs had been inviting Anarchs from all the other cities to come and join them. And they had stolen an artifact, an artifact that turns bagged blood, animal blood, any blood you put into it, into kindred vitae. It is an ancient artifact. It has, it has strange writing on it. And the Anarchs were using this to kind of invite kindred in, kindred who maybe didn't like to hunt, but also kindred who wanted a taste of real vitae, maybe, you know, diablerists in the offing. A whole rabble of Anarch kindred had joined this movement so they could drink from this cup. And in addition to that, the Anarchs had recruited uh, a very elder vampire named Mary, uh, who uh, we still don't know a lot about her origin. We just know that she is very religious and sees the Anarch movement as a sort of an expression of her uh, belief in Christ and in God. And now I'm going to really, really cut to the chase because this has been the longest recap ever. I'm going to say this, that uh, in our last session, while Miles Vanderbuck was in Torpor after trying to attack Mary, remember he was still loyal and blood bonded to the prince, Jen and Curtis managed to take over the movement, to take over the 40 kindred Anarch army from, <laughs> yes, from Erasmus, its leader. We led a coup. Uh, they led a coup. Just they like are a now leading the Just Anarchs. Like you tried to stop me from getting him, and then you, you just tried to stop me from getting him, and then you went ahead and took that shit over. They would have torn you apart. <laughs> yes, and they also managed to rouse Miles Vanderbuck by using that magical artifact I mentioned, the urn. Mary poured the vitae out of the urn onto Miles's torpored body, and Miles rose once again, even though he had taken a bunch of automatic weapon fire in addition to some other uh, horrible injuries from Mary's aggravated damaging claws. Um, and so I'm going to set the scene. You are at the Anarch's sort of camp in Carry Blast Furnaces. Carry Blast Furnaces is a real location in Pittsburgh, an abandoned uh, industrial site with huge blast furnaces. And um, you uh, are, um, you, Miles Vanderbuck, have just kind of finally awakened. You're like in like fetal position. You're covered in blood, like from head to toe, like you're completely red. Um, the vampire you attacked in the last session that you were uh, conscious for, uh, Mary, uh, sits over you. Uh, and Mary, if we recall, is made of like completely black, like almost obsidian or marble type skin. Um, she looks like a living statue. She's a very old vampire. She sits over you, oh, uh, looking down at you Indian style. 
Uh, and perhaps your friends are here as well. Your coterie mates uh, are here to welcome Miles back uh, to uh, the world of the unliving. It yes, seems you have that a- Thomas can't hear anything at the moment. Oh, no. I'll be right back. Okay. Miles- I can't hear anything. I'll be right back. That's okay. <laughs> Miles can't hear anything. Uh, I mean, this is the kind of thing that happens when you're awoken from torpor uh, by a magical artifact is, you know, it takes time for the senses to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you guys that as I set the scene, you have already decided, you know, oh, he's back. How are you? Yeah, now I, I can hear everything. It's great. Okay, great. great. And then great. when my stuff goes out, we'll just, you know, you guys will vamp. Okay, so... Um, Here's the deal. Uh, you're awakened. Your friends are standing over you along with this uh, this elder vampire that um, kind of clobbered you last time <laughs> you were in the game, yeah. Mary. Uh, and um, you can hear far off, like outside of this large industrial building you're in, like many voices, like yelling and, and a lot of action and activity outside of the building. Um, it's very disorienting to suddenly wake up from you were dead and suddenly... You are alive again and covered with blood. All right. <laughs> maybe thinking uh, well, you guys are like next level. That maybe when we were brought into this little coven, that maybe you were already in it. I'm just, I, you know what? Miles just looks at you guys. He doesn't say a damn thing. Um, a lot's happened. Since you've been out, we, um, we're kind of in charge of the Anarchs now. So, um, just try to stay calm. Um, things are happening quickly, but we did this to save you. Okay. So just be calm for five minutes while we talk this through, please. Yeah. Yeah. Can I roll <laughs> to be calm? <laughs> um, you can. Uh, you would roll your willpower. I want, I want to roll my blood bonded like desire to fight for this prince at this point. Um, this is that's an interesting point, Miles, because when you kind of feel for that that sort of feeling that you got that the feeling of the presence of the prince near you, right? Yeah. Um. You feel it for a second, and then suddenly you feel it sort of wink out. Her presence is gone. And I can tell you also that a lot of the feelings that Miles has been feeling over the past couple of weeks, um, perhaps, I leave it to you, perhaps his incredible fervor for the Camarilla cause, um, suddenly it doesn't feel quite as urgent as it did before. Um but I'd still allow you to roll willpower if you'd like, because uh, oh, I, I want to mention to everybody that you do get a point of willpower back oh, right. uh, for just starting the session. Then I think that uh, Curtis and Jen and Miles should all take just another point of willpower recovery. Miles for surviving. <laughs> Miles for being alive again. <laughs> Curtis and Jen for, I mean, basically... Um, taking control of your destiny. Uh, you're not sure if you can drive the car yet, but at least your hands are on the wheel. So take a point of willpower mm, for that. A car metaphor is really not encouraging. No, not for this group. Not no. for this group. Oh, well. 
crashed every single one, I believe. Every yeah. single one. Yes. And I can barely drive any of them. Um, do you have willpower left, Thomas? Well, now I've got three. Okay. Uh, so I'd roll that plus anything or just straight roll power? Um, I think just uh, roll that. Okie dokes. Coming at you. A ver film. Uh, two successes. Very good. So I, I'm going to say with two successes, people can tell that you are reasonably a bit shaken, but you are in control of your faculties. You can say what you All like right. and act the way you like. Um, in with terms that. of healing, the the urn is a miracle worker. By pouring a bunch of vitae all over you, uh, I'm going to rule that you get, let's see. Let's see how I do here. Yeah, I just rolled a 10. All of your health levels are back. Um, and maybe you'll need okay. them tonight. Because <clears throat> uh, you big. hear vehicles peeling out outside in like this courtyard. You hear voices right. raised in a clamor. <laughs> so shit going on. All right, with that and the feeling of uh, Miss Prince gone or something, winking out, he takes a di- big deep breath and just goes, What the hell did you do? A lot of things have happened since you uh, went out, but I need to know are you back with us? Because we're hitting them tonight. Damn. No time to waste. What are you talking about? Hitting who? The Camarilla. It's happening tonight. They've been pushing us around like pawns for too long. It's time we take control of our own lives. Pushing around like pawns? We've been given a a gift. Then maybe he doesn't feel that so diehard about that anymore. <laughs> I think, I mean, well, they, they really only had us do a few tasks for few weeks it wasn't that long but all the tasks they sent us into the into the mouth of a werewolf sent us off to do missions with barely any intelligence where any one of us could have been killed time and time again and for that we got a pat on the head good job boy back out on the streets we were their puppets miles if somebody's going to be making a call from now on it's going to be us (laughs) jesus christ but to be I honest, when he mentioned Jesus like Christ, that, I look up at Mary. Like <laughs> <laughs> a speech like that is exactly the type of stuff that Miles Vanderbilt has fought for his whole life. So, what's the deal? You just we're gonna march into the Camry and kill them all. Well, things escalated kind of quickly. They wanted to kill you and then kill us, and um. So we took over. Uh, Rasmus was going to flame you up, burn you to a fucking crisp. So in a way, this is all for you. Speaking of Erasmus, <laughs> speaking of Erasmus, you hear him kind of shouting outside and you hear uh, suddenly the, um, the clamor outside takes on a new tenor. People are shouting at each other. They're screaming at each other. It sounds like there's some kind of conflict outside. I'm going to um, rush outside. Can I ask a, a Ross question? The uh, the um, the uh, group that went off to do the mission heretofore spoken of. Yes, our Gen Con is, group. Is, is that has that already happened in the to- in our timeline? It has already happened in this timeline. Okay. And in addition to that, uh, a lot of the forty or so kindred that were involved in this sort of anarch army, this makeshift anarch army, have headed out to 
basically start the revolution. I mean, they were aware of certain targets they wanted to go for. And you all have leadership here, but I mean, it's it's a group of anarch that don't really follow the rules, that don't work mm-hmm. together well. You'll have to work hard to eventually get them uh, into a cohesive group if you'd like to. But some of them are, are gone now. Um, okay. well, so, well, what about, um, what about, what about your, your, your little daddy there, Jackson, and, and uh, you, Jim Brown? If people no, I'm fucking daddy. not my father. They all going to um, die. Is that the deal? Look, something's going on outside. You guys stay here. I'm going to check out what's going on, and then I'm going to go out, run outside to see what's going on. Great. Uh, what you see are uh, a group of anarch uh, kindred, uh, eight or nine, uh, and they are stringing uh, Erasmus up against one of the buildings, and they are pulling a big stake out to kind of try to stake him to the side of the building for when, uh, ostensibly for when the sun comes up. Uh, and they're actually arguing about it. They're like, do it. No, someone with potence needs to do it because, you know, they're like, you know, no, give it to me. Like, they, and he's like, he's like helpless and he's like, help me, please help me. Um, he has lost his earlier, um, you know, commanding air and has completely broken down. He's, he's crying tears of blood as they string him up against uh, the side of one of these uh, buildings. So uh, I asked Jen Brown, what would you like to do? I'm going to make a beeline for them and I'm going to go, hey, hey, take him off the wall. You can stake him and then you put him inside. I thought you don't even know who this is. There were like 40 of these guys. Uh, and he's like, wait, Jen Brown. He knows your name, but you don't know his. Jen <laughs> Brown, I, I thought th- that we were getting rid of this guy. I thought this guy was trying to like treat us like those cam bitches. He was, and he's not in power anymore. You want to fry him up? What is that going to give us? He has information. He could be useful. We can stake him, and he'll be neutralized. You kill him, we're walking down the same path as them. So stake him and put him inside. Um, a Nosferatu nearby is like, this is not how you run a revolution. He, he's not committed to the cause he doesn't love Mary and love God like us, Jen Brown. He doesn't understand the true meaning of the movement. I believe Jen Brown is going to need to make some sort of role. Sure. And uh, this is her oh. first attempt oh. to lead, oh. isn't it? Ish. Ish. <laughs> Ish. She got them on her side in yeah. the last session. Now she's got to start making judgment calls. So her call here is that they're to stake Erasmus and put him back inside the building uh, where he'll be safe from the sun. Uh, and to, to make them do that, what what role would you like to make, Jen Brown? I have an idea of what I think it should be. I think it should be leadership plus, I think it should be leadership plus resolve because it seems like Jen Brown is resolved not to let this movement become, uh, I mean, sorry, I'm going to say bloodthirsty. So um, <laughs> what do you um, think? I might, well... I'm sort of wondering if I could do persuasion because I have one more pip and because I would like to sort of come at it from maybe try to change tack and come at it more diplomatically and sort of say like to this Nosferatu, um, the angels inside of us, we are made angels by our morality, by our humility, 
and by our ability to make judgments that our enemies will not make. This man does not follow the cause. You're right, but he can serve it. He does not serve it dead. And your mercy will be rewarded. Ben Brown, um, that was very well said. Why don't you go ahead and make that persuade plus resolve roll, and you can add a pip to that. Is It's persuade oh. plus resolve? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what is your dice pool? Uh, six. Oh, that's a good one. Five successes. Whoa. Um, they, How uncharacteristically uh, good. I they, know. <laughs> they pull him down. They pull him down. Some of them kind of like feel like kind of cowed by you. They feel kind of ashamed. The Nosferatu woman who said that to you is like, I know we have chosen right with you, Jen Brown. You understand Mary's lesson. Uh, and they pull uh, him down. And as uh, they're pulling Erasmus down, he looks at you and he's like, <laughs> thanks. I didn't Can expect I take you to this help day me. And uh -huh. stake him. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, with their help. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you want to try to do it with your own strength? Uh, I mean, will they back me up if I just go for it? <laughs> oh, they definitely will back you okay, up. Okay, I'm just going to go process. for it, and I'm, I don't want him to talk unless... Yeah, okay, he goes, thanks, I guess you... And then you and all those guys go, <laughs> and drive it in. And he's like, he's like frozen like that. <laughs> uh, and they start dragging him into the building. And when they drag him in, they see that Miles Vanderbuck is standing. Uh, and it's actually Cross who walks up. Cross is a Anarch vampire you've only recently just met, but he's a dangerous character. He's got an enormous black cross tattoo across his face. He tends to carry a huge desert eagle around. Uh, and it just feels like this guy was living hard before he became a creature of the night. And when he sees Vanderbuck standing, uh, he's like, how do we know that we can trust him? He tried to hurt Mary before. Miles has seen the light, okay? His mind was not his own when the prince worked through him to those ends. But uh, right now, he's one of us. And he's an asset. We're hitting this now. We need everyone's help. And he has a direct line to the prince, or did, I hope. I appreciate that. But I think I'd like to hear it from him. Miles? Well, <clears throat> it's not every day you wake up and you're in the middle of a revolution. But I can tell you that uh, at one point I had a pretty foggy perception of what was going on around me. And now I see as clear as day. So, uh, the only two people I trust in the world right now happen to be these two. And they say that we're with you, so I'm with you, too. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to make you roll for that. That was... Oh, he's convinced. Gross. Gross is, you want to roll? Oh, I thought constantly? you said... No, no, no. I, I, said, okay. <laughs> I, I thought you said, I am going to make you roll for that. But No, okay, no. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's well said, and he's like... You can see him kind of like look at you, you know, Curtis and Jen, like, okay, that'll work for now. And that is when Mary rises behind Miles and moves up 
behind him. And Miles, she grabs your wrist and she raises your hand into the air and goes, he has been Redeemed. Miles <laughs> <laughs> um, is going with it. See, this is crazy. I'm looking at I'm looking at Jen Brown and Curtis like, what? <laughs> oh, God. And I think we're kind of looking back the same way, like, uh huh, uh-huh. just yeah. go along with it. Let's hope that you guys <laughs> can keep. Let's hope that you guys can keep this uh, this on on the rails here because it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's already bucking a little bit Great. Uh, so um let's end that scene there and let's do a little bit of uh business in terms of how you want to run your revolution tonight you you know you've already sent and uh, miles might be upset about this when he learns we can kind <laughs> of talk about it abstractedly for a moment and then if we think we need to set a scene we will but um uh you sent a team to uh U.S. Steel Building already, where Elysium is located, to kind of drag Adelaide Ross out of there, the Prince of Pittsburgh. I um, mean, you don't know how they've done yet because they just left a little while ago. Um, I can tell you that one of the Anarchs keeps a police scanner, and he's telling you that a lot of fires are being set in Pittsburgh tonight, and that the police and emergency services are already being really overworked. Uh, and it's not even that that late these they think a lot of these fires were started by a biker gang called the iron horseman um so that's just something one of the gen con players did uh and that's happening <laughs> uh, yeah oh man so now oh it's, man keep yeah. them off balance yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah keep the cops out of our way so um curtis krieger jen brown and miles vanderbuck you now have to figure out how to Get yourselves at least in a safe position tonight where you can continue to, you know, have your freedom night to night and, and kind of lead this group you're in charge of now. Um, so tell me what your plan is. Well, last time we sort of mused about the idea of going after Jackson first. Yeah. Does that still seem like the right move? That's what I'd like to do. I mean, we sent this team off to Elysium, even if they're. He ain't his daddy anymore. Wow. Yeah. I know. So, even if they're not successful, and I and I hope they are, <laughs> it'll it'll throw everything off balance and bottle things up over there for the evening. Jackson's our biggest threat because he holds so much power and sway as a warrior and a and a controller of the ranks of the Camarilla vampires in the city. If we cut off that head, then his minions are scattered to the winds, and we can begin to pick them off. So you feel like just send Marion. Because otherwise, I don't know that we would be able to stand a chance. I don't know if I can command Mary to do anything. But well, we could talk to her. Barring try. her involvement, then, then we just got to try to take him out. Well, you know, I just want to put this out there as your storyteller, that you could decide to send your big elder vampire WMD against one of your enemies and tell her to bring him back. And then you guys could kind of take on another one. Or, uh, as we often do on this show, you could even split up to take on different tasks, right? Um, It's up to you. It really is up to you. I I know the players don't mind if they hop out for a second while someone else handles an encounter. So, uh, but maybe safety in numbers? Uh, Or maybe you want to send somebody to Anarch Rabble to go do some things for you, uh, like you have uh, previously done. Let me know what you think. 
Well, what day is it, by the way? It's not Friday night Blood Rave Elysium Day, is it? It is not Friday night Blood Rave Elysium Day. No, okay. it is a, um, it's like a Tuesday night. Okay. So that group is going after Adelaide. Um, and they've left just recently, right? Yeah, not too long ago. Maybe so they're going to be aware. Probably Jackson's going to be aware there's, a, there's an attack happening at Elysium. He's probably going to be at Elysium. Once he hears it. They'll send people there. He'll go there himself. If they haven't landed yet, if we can cut him off en route or do something at his haven before he gets the call, that'd be my time to strike. If, so we, could, that's... if we could flame up his car as he gets over there. Wow. Okay. All right. Brutal. Miles, what are you thinking? Look at the changes in Jen Brown. <laughs> I know. Where are you guys? Couple of sessions ago, I, I, man, I, I think, James. I think Miles is kind of like, he's kind of just coming out of this weird fog that he had with um, Adelaide, but and is remembering all the neg, all the bad things he he thought about it because he was he was also ready to fight her at times, and but and now and now the positive thing is gone, so he's just like, but is is total destruction of Elysium worth it it's i i just want to say guys we do this i mean not that the ball's not already in motion but we do this we're gonna be it's an all-out war yeah and if we fail we'll be on the land forever for eternity it's worth it to me to not be anyone's slave anymore is it worth it to you miles yeah i guess if we uh if we're aiming to Kill the snake, don't we just cut off the head? Since well, we can't release. You could I mean, investigate what's going on with Adelaide. Uh you yeah. could kind of go in, you could go look into that. Um, you guys could try to catch uh catch Churchill unawares. That was the other uh, idea you had. Um maybe by going to his haven or maybe by trying to cut him off en route to Elysium or something like that. Um, what what about those? What about the two people who literally first uh, got us into this thing? Like the first session. Oh, Bex and Nixon. Bex and Nixon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they alive? Around. Nixon's been dealt with apparently by Mary, okay. which we learned last time. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, great. Also, the, our first night together, we killed a prince pretty casually, and yeah. they uh, they just brought in a new one. <laughs> so, um, I wonder if um, I mean. Part of me really likes the idea of trying to hit a bunch of places at once, but I, I sort of feel like our numbers aren't enough. I feel like they'd be spread too thin. So I sort of wonder I mean, if you could, if, you could let me try to find the prince. I know you probably don't trust me, but, uh, and to be honest, I'm not sure if I can trust myself, but. You want to try to I, get into Elysium and get to the prince? If she's there, she might not be. Can what, I can what, what, I do a perception on Miles to see if yeah, I mean I I, I don't know if Jen yeah. would trust him. Give me a wits um, plus insight role. And, and um, would I and would I know anything about that like penthouse office thing? Like I'd spent so much time there. Would I have clocked like oh there's a secret door or anything? Absolutely, you would. Um, so uh, how'd you do, Jen Brown? 
back to my old tricks. Total failure. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, using willpower on this one because it yeah. seems like more of a character interaction. So what I will say is Jen Brown still doesn't totally trust that Miles has recovered from his blood bond. She's, uh-huh. she's still really suspicious that he might be playing some sort of double agent game or something. But I must say now is the time for us to decide. Now is the time to act. If you guys want to have an advantage for moving quickly tonight, that is what I want right now where you are going. So uh, right now it sounds like Miles would like to go and look into uh, if the prince uh, has been uh, kind of destroyed or captured by that strike team that's been sent after them. And Curtis and Jen, who are you going to take on? One of the primogen, Churchill Jackson? I think so. Right? That is what I'd like to do. Yeah. I, can I have an aside with Curtis briefly? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we can trust him. Do you want to send him straight to Adelaide? I don't want to send him there on his own. I don't want to send him there on his own, even if I did trust him, which I mean, he just comes out of it. I'd rather how many people do we, how many people do we have to spare? We could send him with a team, but. If, he, if he's not, if he's faking this, if he's playing us again, he has everything. He knows everything. Yeah, he'll lead him right back here. I mean, if, if she can see into his mind, they already know we're here. I guess we could give him a chance to redeem himself then. Mary is standing near you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> she was just kind of listening to you. And she goes, you must have faith. He has been redeemed. I, uh, I, I turned to Jen and I'm like, I trust that. Yeah, okay. But I still don't know if I want to send him in there alone. Do you want to send him with Mary? Or do you want to take her to hit Churchill? I don't know that we have enough people to take Churchill without her. Yeah. Then I don't know if I can control. I can't. I obviously can't control the situation once we're there. She's there. But well, let's see if we can all hit him together. I'll see if I can convince Miles to to come along with us. Okay. Storyteller, how many anarchs yes. do we have at our disposal? Right now, you have 30, like 30. Okay. You, you okay. started with 40, uh, plus the leadership, Mary and Erasmus. Uh, six uh, have gone off, and four more have gone off to kind of handle the revolution the way they see fit. So you could take... Um, 30 people you, to hit Churchill? You could if you'd like. You really could. And mm-hmm. Jim I'm not even mm-hmm. going to make you roll intelligence to realize that you also have something that kind of helps you with the tactics of this night. You have a thumb drive that yes. you stole from the prince's office that contains, you know, sort of everybody's haven uh-huh. uh, biographical details on them before they uh, were embraced, things like that, stuff that allows you to kind of, you know, uh, exploit them a little bit. Um so uh, let me know if you're using that. I know that you bring your tech with you uh, most places that you go. I think it's safe to say you brought some sort of uh, device that you could plug the thumb drive into. 
Yeah, I, for some reason I assumed we knew what Churchill's Haven was, but maybe we don't, right? We've been there. We've been there. Or oh, have yeah, we not? Well, you've been to Lonergan's, uh, Lonergan's, Irish, yeah, uh, yeah. Lonergan's Irish Pub in Shadyside. Uh, yes, that's where he's met you every time. Okay, well, I'll start looking. Th- well, while Miles and Curtis talk, I will look through the thumb drive and get and start collating anything I possibly can on Churchill. Okay. As fast um, as I can. And can I suggest that we maybe use some of that information to... We got a bunch of like fast moving bikers here. Could we task maybe just a small strike team to go and do some targeted firebombing on Havens? Sure. Wow. Okay. Um, I was. I'm. I'm. I'm ready to run an insurgency. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 In general, the anarchs. I love it. I love violence, it too. Violence gives Curtis clarity. <laughs> Curtis. You can, since it's an insurgency, I'm not going to make you roll leadership. Give me a intelligence plus streetwise roll. Um, streetwise is al- telling you, is allowing you to um, really kind of connect to these anarchs who all have a bit of streetwise themselves and also kind of, you know, tell them what, what targets to hit. You happen to know that there's like a, a pub in uh, the South Slopes where Romans uh, Coterie uh, makes their home and you know that the several nightclubs in pittsburgh uh, are are the domain of the blood dance which is laura's coterie so you could send these uh bikers to go and hit those places great uh i got four successes nice great um they go run, 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 and they all peel out uh, <laughs> yeah making dirt fly up uh so that's what you've said. Can, I, can you be doing donuts kind of around me, like creating a whirlwind? As I'm <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah. Um, like, actually, the last one to peel out, he kind of smiles at you, and you see that long canine as he <laughs> drives out onto the road. Okay, they're off in is, search of like some of the lesser coteries you're aware of. Yes, smiles. Sarah is. Let me know if there's a moment to sneak out. Oh, damn. Miles, of course there is. Curtis is uh, leading an insurgency, and Jen Brown is on her computer, as usual. So the moment is now, my friend. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Here's what I'll let you do. Give me a dexterity plus stealth. You only need one success. Can I get stamina plus stealth? You <clears throat> Can I use stamina plus stealth, or no? You want is, is, is dex. It's going to be Dex. Okay. Oh, no. Interesting. Interesting move, Miles. And another chapter of Vampires of Pittsburgh descends into PvP. (laughs) (laughs) One success. That's all you needed. Miles Vanderbuck, you are in the wind. Great. If there's a a motorcycle or a car or anything that i can oh my take. god i want you to go back and watch the other stream someday and see how you, hard we fought you, to keep you alive yeah um, we'll auberger's car mason auberger the malkavian primogen his car is still there they've brought it uh from where you guys were using it uh, and say goodbye to another car <laughs> um Miles, you are in the wind, and um, I'm going to come back to Miles. Uh, I don't even want to know what his plan is yet. I want to talk to Jen and Curtis. Um, Jen, you find out uh, from your uh, from your thumb drive that 
Uh, although Lonergan's is where Churchill takes meetings, it is not his haven. Um, mm. Yeah, his haven is a cemetery, a five-minute walk away called Miner's Field. Five-minute walk away from where we are? No, from Lonergan's pub. Oh, I'm sorry, from Lonergan's. Okay. Okay, okay I'll relay that to Curtis. Okay. Um, okay, it seems like we need to move on him. Like, Let's do now. it. And uh, I, I, I go to Mary, and I sort of like... I, every time I approach, I feel like I need to kind of genuflect, and I do so. I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of like get down on, on me, like if we're going to cut off the heads of this hydra, we need to take out the most powerful first. We're going to move against the sheriff of Pittsburgh. Will you come with us to fight with us alongside? Mary looks uh, deep into your eyes and says. I will come, but you will not need me if you have faith inside of you. Very well. I'm starting to feel like I'm having faith in myself for the very first time in a long time. She you know, smiles. I, it's like so full <laughs> time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes, I'll be in the van. Because <laughs> uh, Mary's used to uh, being an elder vampire that r- rides around in the back of a van. Um, are you headed there now? Or are you going, both of you? I'd say let's do it. I, I, but I would, I would legitimately ask Jen, like, is this something you want to get mixed up in face to face? Yeah, I have to. I can't sit. I can't st- sit back here and wait for you guys to come back, risk your lives. No, I'm coming. But wait, can I notice now that Miles is gone? Of course you can. Curtis. So yeah, get, get Miles to the van. Where is Miles? Well, he was with you. I was, I was looking up, I was using the flash drive. He's. I run out into the, uh, uh, I just cut off the conversation to run out into the uh, area where all the bikes were, take a scan around. Do I, do I catch that, that, that um, the, uh, Auburger's car is gone. Yes, you can know that Auburger's car is gone. God um, damn it! He went to the prince. If he's truly out, then him, he might be trying to settle the score on his own. Do you have a way to get him? No. Look, we can't. He made we've tried fuck- to save him so many times. If he's going back to her, crawling on his knees, I'm fucking done. And if he's trying. To redeem himself, then we have to give him the chance. But we got to move now. Yeah, we got to go get Churchill. I'm with you. We can't. He's made his choice. Hopefully, he'll come back here. Let's go. Let's and go. Off we go to the van. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you have an elder uh, Autarchus in the uh, back of your van, and you drive off toward the <laughs> Miners Field Cemetery. Oh, and before we do that, um, yes. did we did we direct the Anarchs to come with us? The remaining Anarchs. Would you like for them to? Or do you want to send them somewhere else? You certainly may, may bring them with you or you may send them <laughs> somewhere else. I feel like I wouldn't mind having other. I mean, yeah. Uh, hmm, yeah. I feel like we don't uh, need all 30 if we have Mary, maybe. Or. The thing I'll say about the Anarchs, just that your characters would be aware of, is that although it is an asset, obviously, to have that number with you. It could, in some ways, be a uh, sure. a hindrance to you. 
so as your storyteller, I may uh, narrate both of those uh, possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not trying to discourage you. I think it would be smart to take 30 Anarchs with you if you're going to go take down the prince. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the sheriff of Pittsburgh. It's up to you. Um. Feels like we should either we could we could chance it with just Mary. I mean, she is sort of an army unto herself, but she also has been unpredictable in the past. It seems like but 30 is a good number if we wanted to hit somewhere else. Yeah. Simultaneously. There's one other primogen that's uh been very active in your unlives that you haven't mentioned yep. yet. And I look at you and I'm and I'm like, there is one person who's even we know of. Yeah. But you know who might be there. Yeah. Do you want to send these goons to take care of her? War requires sacrifices. Is that the deal? Or is this a choice that you'd rather not make? Hey, this is the way these things go. The leader doesn't have to know everything that gets done in their name. They just know that it gets dealt with. I can have a conversation on your behalf, and you don't ever have to know what happens. If we take them out now, the two of them, it would turn the tide, wouldn't it? It just might. Scatter them. Make them weaker and leaderless. With the information you got on your thumb drive, we could pick them off one by one after tonight. Maybe I could go with them and try to get her out. (laughs) Is that what you want? Because you know it could swing the other way on you. Send them. I just nod and I walk off. Very good. So we are sending a uh, large force of Anarchs to the haven of uh, Miss Sonia, the Nosferatu. <laughs> uh, great. I'm just going to make I, a couple I, I just, I just, so I, I, can I say that when I go up to them, uh, it's like, give them all the information on the, uh, on the house in Polish Hills, that there's a, that there's a family that lives there, um, that they may fight, fight them off, that they know a lot. Um, Um, if you, if you see a mortal fitting this description, and then I take a look at them and get a sense of like what their, what their attributes are. Well, it's interesting because as I said, they are a rabble. So Mm -hmm. some of them look quite rough, but you, you earlier mentioned that you wanted to send some of the more warrior like ones, Mm -hmm. you know, off to light more fires, things like that. So I'm going to say that this group is probably 70% true believers. And by that, I mean, they are either religious zealots for Mary or they are, you know, political anarchs, right? Okay. Uh, they And they look it. Uh, and maybe only a few of them look like they are survival anarchs. Okay. Could I maybe go up to one of those uh, maybe t- more, more like, more like pious true believer types mm-hmm. and, uh, just say like um uh 
give a description of uh, Sabrina. Sabrina, and I give a description of Sabrina and say, like, if when you hit this place, if this uh, ghoul makes it back here in one piece, there is a chance that she may be redeemed. And it's that Nosferatu woman from earlier, and she nods her head, and they head off into the night. Wow, we have delegated some authority. I'm going to find out what's happening to Miles. <laughs> Here we go. I'm, I'll be right back, guys. Right back. Let's find out what's going on with Miles. Hi. Oh, man. It's so dramatic. Where are you going? What are you doing? Um, what's Miles doing? Uh, driving to the... Well, I think it requires uh, potentially some knowledge, maybe, that mm-hmm. I might be fishing for as a player. But And if it feels too far of a cast, to use the fishing metaphor, uh, let me know. I wouldn't know, based on the conversations that I've had with Miss Prince, where she might be outside of Elysium, correct? I wouldn't know. Like, um, Actually, I will allow you to know this. You were blood bonded to uh, this uh, kindred for a while. Uh, this canite, and so I think that you know that her haven is, uh, since becoming the prince, her haven is in the U.S. Steel Building. It yes. is in those top floors. The very top floor is her office, but you think that the floors below it were her sort of personal quarters. Okay, great. Well, that's where I wanted to be headed anyway. So I'm headed there, and as I'm driving, I'm trying to connect to that ethereal force that connected us to see if it's I can like censor. It's okay. 100% not there. Um, and I can tell you also that as you start to get closer to the USX tower, US steel building, uh, the road is completely clogged with cars, even at this late hour. It's about, oh, 1130 to midnight. Um, and uh, there is an enormous amount of sirens and kind of like, uh, you know, going off ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, if I can still weave in and out or take back alleys, because boy, you know, I know this town. You really know this town. I think that um, it's going to be abandoning your car or it's going to take a while. Do you want to take that time or do you want to abandon the car? Well, I want to abandon the car, but before I do, I'd like to look in the trunk and see if there's anything useful that this fellow had because yeah i've learned my lesson that a stake in the heart doesn't kill a vampire in this game it only stuns them <laughs> yes mason auberger the malkavian primogen who took over the primogen position after adelaide ross was raised to prince um you knew him as like kind of like a he looked like a uh a 40 something that has orgies you know what i mean like kind of a yeah. hot collar uh baby boomer or maybe a little younger than that anyway um, you're looking for weapons. Vampires always keep weapons in their trunks. Miles Vanderbuck, no one's more pretentious than Mason Auberger. And so the weapon that he kept in his trunk was a katana. <laughs> yes, I'm playing a game of Vampire the Masquerade where I just gave one of my players a katana. God, cue the Blade Rave theme song. That's right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Great. That's that's perfect. Pulls it out. The shot when he closes the trunk, he just pulls up his katana. I imagine the 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 siren lights. You know what I mean? The neon of the city just kind of like gleaming off of it. 
Um, and people are uh, actually really busy. Uh, they're not really noticing that there's a man in the here in the dark and night running down the street with a katana. That's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. running, uh, yeah, just running full tilt to the thing. But I don't want to go, you know, if, when I get there, I'm not aiming to go in the in the front door. I mean, I'm assume I'm I have a feeling I'm gonna maybe there's I'm gonna see stuff that will clue me into not going into the front door. Yeah, get, uh, well, you are going to see something. What you're going to see is as you approach the U.S. Steel Building uh, and you are kind of coming around the side to its garage entrance, you see that the entire thing has been cordoned off with police tape. Um, and you see like SWAT team with like their helmets off, like talking to people back behind the tape. Uh, and you also see that they've, you know, they've stationed, you know, uh, God, boys in blue, like along that like perimeter to like keep people out. Uh, and if you get too close with the katana, um, I am going to uh, make rolls start to happen. So let me know yeah. how you're approaching. No, oh, if I just see that, oh God, Curtis, Jen, what have you done? Um, what do I know about the building? In that, are there any other entrances? Um, there's the lobby entrance, the lobby entrance, uh, which is also kind of cordoned off. I mean, there's a, a tremendous amount of emergency personnel here. Something big happened. Um, definitely, definitely. But I don't have any type of mind control or flying abilities or anything. I'm an old guy with a katana. <laughs> so you know what you I are, can't... though? Yeah. No, I, I don't want to tell you what to do. All I'll say is that. There are a lot of people here, so yeah. Um, maybe you could find out what happened. I think that's fair to to say. Um, you don't have yes. to you could do take some other sort of action. Um, that that uh, t, uh, t, uh, that TJ cat. He he was like that. He was like a servant because he was just a normal human that drank vampire blood. You're talking about, yeah, the NPC TJ Coke, who was a detective right. with the Pittsburgh PD, and he was a ghoul. Yeah, that's right. So he, oh, you know, he, okay, yeah, he was a. How retainer. does one make a ghoul? You just <laughs> feed them your your vitae. You just feed them your blood. Uh, when a mortal partakes of kindred vitae, they become uh, functionally immortal as long as they keep drinking it. They gain a very small amount of that kindred's potential power. All right. Um, is there a uh, is there like a trash can or anything that I can stow this katana in for the moment? Sure. I mean, I just gave you the katana. I'm not going to then take it away. You stow it in like a trash can, and you you reach down and you see you can easily get it. You okay, come great. back. Great. Well, I'd like to saunter up to one of the officers there. Okay. And um, put on a sort of a pitiable show if need be i'm com coming in with that kind of swagger say so, uh, right geez what happened here um uh the uh blue and red lights are flashing across his face and yours so perhaps he doesn't notice that you haven't gotten pink oh, yeah. Hashtag get pink everybody <laughs> The catchphrase of Vampires of Pittsburgh, <laughs> our characters often forget to use the blush of life. And right now I'm going to see if this cop notices that a walking corpse is talking to him. <laughs> I'm not going to make it super easy for him to notice because there is a lot of weird light going on here. And we haven't established that Miles has shake in his hand or anything. 
I got good news, Miles. I gave him three dice. Guess how many successes I got for him? Hopefully zero. Zero successes. So uh, you better uh, use that rouse roll to give yourself the blush of life. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Uh, I I forget how you do it. Just roll one. One of the just things. roll one, and if you get a six or higher, you don't get hungrier. But you um, that is you rousing your blood, activating your blood to look alive for a moment. Great. I do. I have a success on that. Uh, roll ten. You actually so, do uh, it like, while you're talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Anyway, <laughs> what happened here? Oh, boy. Sir, I'm gonna need to ask you to step back, please. I, I understand that you gotta you gotta stand from my perspective. I was a steel worker my whole life. I worked down on the docks. I never seen a building like this. Uh, well, um, yeah, some bad stuff went on inside tonight, sir. Some pretty bad stuff. So, uh, well, does it have anything to do with that body I found back there? And I point to the alley where we stowed the katana. Body, sir? Yeah. I show you. I mean, I don't know if it's... I mean, I don't know what happened here, so... I'm going to have to call this in. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. He he might not be dead. It's just... It could be some homeless cat, you know? You know how they get a little sleepy. Um, Give me your... uh, your, Manipulation plus subterfuge and add your die for pitiable, your specialty. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, what'd you say? Manipulation, subterfuge? Okay, plus great. subterfuge and add a die for pitiable, your specialty. Uh-huh. Miles acts like he's a confused old man, and people believe that act until he sinks his fangs into them. Uh, well, I got two successes on that. Uh that's enough. He thinks you're weird, but uh, he thinking someone's weird is a great reason to pity them. So um, he yeah. starts walking toward um, uh, the alleyway, and he says to you, I hope it's not a body. Saw him pull enough bodies out of that building tonight. Oh, jeez. Well, what, what, type of, what type of bodies? I mean, people went in there. We think maybe terrorists uh, got to the top floors. Uh, I think they killed one of the executives that works in there. They found her body with them when they were trying to escape out of the parking garage. Um, he what? starts moving into the alleyway. He's like, hello, sir. Anyone here currently experiencing homelessness? <laughs> I like to chomp him. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Chomp him, you may. Uh, <laughs> not really uh, paying very close attention and you kind of got him talking and you got him into the alleyway. Um, so chomp him, uh, chomp him just a bit. I only have a, a slight slurp from him because I'd like to put him in that, like that days that you get after post slurp days. Yeah. So you're going to take like as much as you can before taking more would start to like kill him or potentially put yes. him into a coma. Um, so you drink deep, you drink deep yeah. miles. Uh, and, and you, you know, the, the lights flash outside the alleyway, but here in the darkness, uh, you have you, this is like the third cop that you've fed from. Um, and so you get uh, you get an extremely like, hey, you know, like Miles, I'm just like, defunding the po- I'm just defunding the police. Right. Exactly. Miles, you get an extreme like sort of um, 
aggression uh, in the taste of the blood. You know what I mean? Like there's this there's this energy and this aggression and this confrontational kind of a feeling that kind of fills your body. Um, and, uh, you know, you weren't overly hungry. Um, uh, the, the urn brought you back from the brink. And so the guy slumps down into the alleyway, uh, asleep. I'm not going to make you roll to, yeah, I'm not going to make you roll to not kill him. You're getting better at this kind of stuff. I just wanted to, to, I didn't, I was hoping, trying not to put to sleep is the thing. Okay. He's starting to, he's starting to nod off. So what are you going to do with him? Yes. Then I'd like to to prick myself and feed him my goo. <laughs> so this cop you've just met who was simply <laughs> taking care of the cordon, uh, basically the first, <laughs> the first complication you met in your quest to find out what happened to the prince, you've decided to ghoul. Yeah. The man starts to drink from your wrist. I'm going to go back to our other players. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, things seem to be going swimmingly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, wow. Things are, uh, as usual, going nuts over in the Miles Vanderbuck plot. All right. <laughs> um, uh, you guys are at this place, this place called Miners Field Cemetery, and you immediately realize that... Um, well, in the real world, Minersfield Cemetery has been uh, the focus of a charitable act that cleaned it up. Uh, but in the world of darkness, the world of our game, it is as it was several years ago, completely overgrown. Um, this is an old Lutheran church's cemetery where they lost their funding and their tithing. And the church, I think, went under. And the graves here were completely covered with high grass. And so as you enter this uh, place, you see just the pops of obelisks and the edges of graves peeking out from the high foliage uh, and uh, the deep weeds. And so uh, let me know how you'd like to approach. Uh, Mary is with you. Okay, so this is the haven where he sleeps. Mm-hmm. Um, does, was there anything in the flash drive more specific than his haven is here? Did it, did it identify a, a particular sepulcher? It it did not. It did okay. not. And so if people would like to make a quick search, is that what you would like to do? Before that, I think I'd like to um, circle the place a bit because we do know what his car looks like. We know it's like a 70s um, just land, like whale. Of a, got me a Chrysler. As big as a whale. <laughs> exactly. it's, um, and, and it's about to set sail. So, you find it easily. It is parked, as you've seen it before, in the parking lot of Lonergan's Irish Pub. Okay, so we can assume, we can assume that he may be within. Actually, um, hmm, um, you said that that uh, that that feral whispers can or bond. The two, there's something like two way communication. Um, that's right. Uh, with your feral whispers, you could kind of talk to to animals in the area. Yes, you may. Well, I, I also want to, hopefully this isn't too much flashback. Ruby's with us. Ruby's never not with me. Of I course. So. Yeah, no, I assume that you're families, you're bonded families. My bonded families, my, my, my wonderful and loyal, rusty red uh, pit bull, Ruby. Um, yes. I want to send her uh, sort of as surreptitiously and, and stealthily as I can close to the, just around the, not in, but just around 
to see if with her just regular dog sense, she could maybe snuff the presence of, uh, of Jackson. An excellent and very smart solution to the problem of finding where Jackson might be, uh, Curtis Krieger. I think that that was very clever. The dog in the southeast corner of the cemetery suddenly perks up its head and looks over at you and it's like and in the light of the city it's kind of eyes kind of glow and you hear it in your mind go here 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 and i feel i the, the i feel just like the neural connections i i smell it too I, you know for a second i i experience the world smell first like a dog does and i'm just like <gasps> You smell the smell of the kindred and the kindred, they don't smell like dead bodies because their bodies are sort of frozen. How to describe the smell of a kindred to a, a gangrel? Oh gosh. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, old leather or uh, like when you, when you, when you smell, this is the weirdest thing to say. When you smell a pair of shark skin boots, uh, anyway, that very unique and odd scent is there. Um, would you like to go where Ruby is? Okay, so she's at the corner of the cemetery. Yeah, she's in a she's in a very overgrown corner of the cemetery. Okay, so um, uh, I'd like to I'd like get her back, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, can I kind of also take a take a clear look? Is it a is it a? There's a pair of graves. Okay. Uh, side by side in the corner where she was kind of whimpering. Okay. Okay. I feel like I should probably watch the pub for you in case. The pub is sort of across the street from the cemetery. You certainly may keep an eye on it. The back parking lot is across the street. If you okay. keep an eye on it, yeah. Um, then I think. Uh, so it's, this is in a cemetery. Is it walled in? Like. Um, not, uh, not really. I mean, a lot of the walls have kind of crumbled, um, and it's so overgrown that they're covered in ivy and kudzu and every kind of, uh, weed. Um, so it's easily, easily entered. It, it's, there's no, no gate or anything that's blocking you from entering. Okay. Um, then, uh, if, if, uh, Jen is lookout and, Mary is strike team. Is she going to go with you? Um, I think uh, I'll have her come with me. Very good. But uh, I, I will, I will indicate to her like, um, our, our, our enemy, the sheriff. And I'll indicate the spot that, uh, that Ruby pointed out right there. And then I would like to take a position far away. We're reasonably far away, like, I don't know, 30, 50 feet, and just set up a shot in that zone to cover her as she as she goes to to smash in the coffin lid or whatever. Mary, as we know, you know, she moves in a strange way. She almost glides and you see her kind of moving through the sea of grass with like this sort of like constant glide and you can see off the back of her head and off of her claws like the glistening city lights as she kind of moves toward this grave jen brown who is on overwatch what is your wits plus awareness i'd love to tell you it's um 
It's a five. It's five dice. Five dice it is. And five dice I shall roll just to see if she notices anything. Okay. Um, I'll let you know the result in a moment. Oh, boy. Um, Curtis, uh, Mary approaches the grave and uh, then looks back to you. Uh, nothing seems to be happening over here. Okay. And then suddenly near her, a piece of the earth starts to move and a body begins to rise out of the earth, out of the grave, uh, forming itself out of the very pieces of the earth. And soon you are looking at the somewhat dated, uh, fine suit of Churchill Jackson. Uh, who looks at Mary and you see him, you hear him very clearly through the night go, who the fuck are you? Okay. <laughs> to Mary. And uh, Mary is now whispering something to him, but they're pretty far away. You stand, you stood back to get your shot. They're talking. You, they're talking. Yes, they're talking. Um. Oh God. Is she going to try to redeem him? Well, um, <laughs> Mary then looks at you again, and Churchill goes, Don't hide behind this creature, Curtis. Face me like a man. <laughs> Mary looks at me for your signal. I, uh, um, it's like, and I just like breathe in. Breathe out, take the shot. <laughs> well, that's a great time for me to reveal what Jen Brown noticed. Uh, Jen Brown, you uh, critted on your oh. on your uh, yeah. On your, I'm so surprised. Yes. Oh. You noticed that someone was in a tree with a rifle themselves uh, uh, in one of the trees in the cemetery. Someone is set up with a rifle. You saw a shape that didn't quite make sense among the shapes of the leaves here in the darkness. And because of your crit, I will allow you before Curtis takes the shot to let him know you can. I'm, we're going to we're going to just zip back a second because I didn't know Curtis was about to do that. So you can let him know about that first if you okay. like. Yeah, I'm going to shout Curtis the tree. What? OK, um, Curtis. Um, I'm not going to do double jeopardy here. Jen got critted her role. She's able to exactly show you where the other sniper is. Okay. Whip so, around. Yeah. And so you move around to him instead. Oh, wow. This is amazing. And I think um, he is, uh, he was planning on shooting at Mary. Um, so he's maybe caught a little off guard by the fact that someone just shouted behind him, a woman. Okay. And so um, he's going to shoot at Mary. You're going to shoot at him. Uh-huh. Um, Jen, would you like to do anything this round? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna run to Mary. Okay, great. Um, and uh we'll see what Churchill and Mary decide to do. But here we go, Curtis. Go. Curtis, what is your dexterity plus firearms uh role? Critical success. Yeah! Seven successes. Oh my god, Curtis! Because of Jen Brown's uh, sharp eyes, you blast the sniper out of the tree before 
Um, he gets a shot at Mary, uh, and that's when Churchill's like, "Fuck!" Uh, and back to him. Mary takes him by the shoulder and pushes him to his knees, and Churchill is now be- waiting for you. She's got. I mean, Mary, as we know, has a tremendous amount of potence and other uh, weapons to bring to bear. So she now has her claws at. Uh, and and Jen Brown, you're there. You ran. You ran this round. You've run to Mary. And Churchill's like looking up at you. And Jen Brown, you catch sight of the uh, grave as they're standing right there on the grave. Uh, and that grave uh, reads uh, Churchill Jackson, hardworking husband and father. And beside it, Layla Jackson, devoted wife and mother. Both died in 1976. Um, but, uh, Curtis, I want to know what you want to do now. Do you want to go take a look at that sniper or do you want to go talk to Churchill, Mary and Jen who are over by the grave? It looks like they're in a control. Yeah, I want to do that, that, like that thing where like the, the, the weapon is still on them, but I, I'm like scooting back to like, take a look at who the sniper was to see if it's anyone I recognize. Um, uh, it's no one you recognize, uh, but uh, human or- it's human. Yeah. This isn't a kindred. Uh, an older man has fallen out of the tree. Um, he's, he's kind of struggling to get his balaclava off and you see, he's like an older African-American man. Uh, and, uh, he looks like he might even be in his sixties and he's kind of like bleeding out. And Curtis, uh, I want you to just make a very quick, uh, intelligence plus awareness role. Okay. Oh, film. Oh, this is off. Four. Two successes. Curtis, you notice that uh, this guy has his own kid out, right? And he's dressed very dark, but he's got a, like a sticker on his rifle and he's got like a little pin under his black jacket that show that he was probably a Vietnam War veteran. Uh, maybe an old friend of Churchill Jackson. Um, Curtis, what would you like to do Wait. now? And Jen, if you'd like to do something, please let me know. I, I disarm him. I, I take away his weapon. Um, he's bleeding out. He's okay. like. <gasps> I talk, I, or, no, go ahead. Um, was he feeding you? Was he feeding you his blood? <sighs> no, Dracula. <laughs> he wasn't feeding me. No. He spits out blood at you. Are you hungry, Curtis? Curtis, what's your hunger at right now? It's one. Um, okay. I'm still riding high on that uh, on that urn juice, baby. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just like take his. Um, see me toss his gun away and just like take take the, the spittle off my cheek and like. Oh. And, uh, so, son, and I'm just like, son of a bitch, and like turn and like turn around and begin walking towards Churchill. It's like, so apparently your respect for the precious masquerade only goes so far. We're just telling anybody what goes on. I mean, the sheriff needs to know when to break the rules. Ty would never break the masquerade, would you, Ty? No, sir, Church. 
says the old man from behind you. Oh, it's a good thing to know. That what makes a good leader is knowing when to break the rules. And I shoot oh, him in the head. Oh, we're firing already. I shoot him in the head. Fuck it. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy who pushes people out of windows when I feel pain. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. I'm like, yeah, I, I shoot him right in the face. Okay. Um, uh, would you, uh, would you just tell me how much damage, extra damage does your, uh, well, make your whole roll and do as much damage as you want. Cause it, it seemed like Churchill was about to say something and then you blew his head off. I, um, I yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm just kind of letting you know. I don't know, man. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, okay. Do the, do the, do the thing, do the thing to the thing. And make I don't know that I've ever rolled. Well, I think you have. Damage, you know, we can damage on this firearm. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's like a big handgun. It's like a big <laughs> handgun. Yeah. At, so whatever you roll, we're gonna add two to the damage. We're gonna add two. It's not a giant handgun. It's not like a. It's not like a three fifty seven Magnum, is it? Or is it? It's What's a. It uh, it's a Remington rifle. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a, it's not that big actually. It's a it's a uh, thirty eight. Okay, I'm gonna allow two. I'm gonna add two to the damage. So, how many successes did you roll on your point blank firearms roll, my friend? Shockingly, I rolled another critical six Whoa. successes. So uh, the smoke clears, and Churchill just has like a little bit of like a kind of a nick in his uh, forehead, oh. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and that's when he's gonna say something to you. Because oh you had your turn to act, and now he's going to say his piece. Yep. He's going to say, you've made a very bad mistake here, Curtis. You know, these allies of yours, and he kind of gestures to Mary, are more dangerous than me, Adelaide, Sonia, and she's dangerous. <laughs> you don't know the trouble you're in. And he is going to make a persuade role. And if you want to continue to talk to him, he is attempting social combat with you right now. Okay. Um, if you'd like to say something back to him or react in a certain way, I'll call for a roll from you. If you'd like to just fire again, that's valid too. You let me know. You're telling like me that, that my critical success just like ping, pinged off his head and just left like a little indentation there? Anybody else, it should have completely made their head explode. Your critical success just pinged off uh, his uh, forehead right now. That's what okay. I'm telling. So yeah, I mean, I, does, I'm, I'm, I think I'll. Okay, he's trying to persuade me. But right you now. can fire again. You can fire again immediately, or you can talk. Yeah, he's trying to persuade you right now. Okay. Can I? Well, can I maybe turn to Mary and say, "We need your help. This one cannot be redeemed." We, I don't know if we can do this, just me and Curtis. I mean, we need your help. This one cannot be redeemed. He serves the Demiurge. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's what she's asking you. And yeah, as I'm sure Jen Brown would do, you're like, what does she mean by that? Yeah. She goes, are you certain redemption is a gift for all, isn't it, Jen Brown? Oh, God damn it. My moral morality thrown back in my face. Um, um, you, I want to know what Curtis is doing first because yeah. he has a gun in his hand. And then if he doesn't fire, we are going to go into Curtis saying a line, Church saying a line, and Jen saying a line. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay. What are um, you doing, Curtis? 
okay, yeah. Um, it's like it might be it might be dangerous, but at least but at least I'm my own person now. Dad, dad, I mean. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, Hey, so well role played, but I think I'm going to ask you for kind of a weaker uh, dice pool of yours. Uh, Actually, yeah, you give me your resolve plus your, um, I think, intimidate. Yeah, that's nothing. Oh, it's one, actually. I think I got a point of intimidation for something earlier. And then you got a point of resolve, at least one point, maybe two, right? So you get to roll three dice, right? That's right. Okay. Oh, And Sorry. That's okay. Take your time. I'm being cooperative. Don't worry about it. Three successes. Hey. The dice is hot today, baby. (laughs) Okay. Um, I don't know if that's that's good. (laughs) You guys got equal successes. So um, no one is is backing down yet. So it may be up to uh, our friends. Uh, you know, Mary says that to you, uh, Jen Brown, and it is your turn to respond to her. Um, this isn't social combat between you and her. I just want to know, it's time for you to decide. Are you giving her the kill order or are you telling her, are you letting her change your mind? Are you letting her kind of ask? She's asking you, aren't all creatures worthy of redemption? Do you remember when we had, we had to lay Erasmus low? because he was trying to control us. This man, this kindred in front of you has done nothing but try to control us. Freedom. Her claws grow out of her fingers. She puts them to his neck. And at first she's just scraping stone for a full round. And then suddenly <laughs> his neck gives and she rips open the side of his throat. Blood splashes out. And Churchill Jackson's like. <laughs> and the die is cast. You've just assassinated the prince. I'm sorry, the sheriff, God damn it, of the city. Um, I, I move over to him and just like and get a little bit of that V take, um, <laughs> and then uh, I it, and then just like with the two do, do the two finger like close his eyes and push him back into the grave. Oh well, uh, yeah, you know um, that's that interesting. It's, he didn't leave a hole. He kind of like came oh. out of the ground, Ooh. but. Uh, I did, that was so cool that what you just said <laughs> that I'm going to rule that you like you kind of kick him into like this sort of like weird area where he turned up the earth. And so now this man has been laid so low. He's like kind of laying in like a pool of mud and his Vitae, his precious kindred Vitae is now mingling with the mud of the earth. And I'm going to go back to Miles Vanderbuck for a moment. <laughs> Okay, here we go. (laughs) Sorry, my my producer was trying to bring Miles in, and I've suddenly been like, I can bring people in and out. I know how to use computers. Okay, Um, Miles, 
I, I can't imagine why you've decided to try to ghoul a man you just... Oh my god, you're ghouling a man you just fed from. You're not ghouling... How much... Okay, no, you didn't drain him to zero. No, okay. I only wanted him to get him to a slight stupor. Okay. That's right. all I you wanted. You only got him into I a slight to, stupor. Okay. That I wanted good. to feed that's, him my that's blood. That's good news. Uh, right, okay, great. And mm-hmm. then I want to uh, turn the the color of my demeanor on its head and immediately unpink myself and immediately intimidate and immediately turns out i do have some social abilities immediately uh daunt with my presence yeah this uh cop and sort of say <laughs> God. and sort of say If you don't do everything I tell you to do tonight, I am going to rip your head off from your body. You like the taste of this, little boy? You like the taste of what's coming out of my wrist? Sure you do. Sure you do. And and if you do and if you do anything I tell you not to do, it's curtains and like you know bangs. <laughs> <laughs> um great i mean normally for a dot roll you might roll your presence plus intimidation but given that you've fully prepped this guy you've prep cooked this guy for some presence i feel like you've uh you've completely shattered his entire worldview in the space of a few minutes so i think that this guy is going to at least for right now do whatever you tell him to do and what are you telling him to do I say, okay, now first up, you're going to answer some questions. The girl, the woman, the CEO that they brought out of here, did they bring her out alive or dead? She was dead. Where did they bring her to? What hospital? They 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 fucking hospital! They knew she was dead. She She was long dead. They took her to the medical examiners. I can take you there. Let me take you there. I'll take you. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're going to take me there. You're going to go over there, get your squad car, and you're going to bring it right here, and I'm going to get in. Understand? Um, Absolutely. So you see him walk out in the alleyway, and someone's like, uh, Carson! Carson! And he's like, I've got a, a being called away! And then he kind of like walks off, and um, you're waiting. You're waiting. Woo! Uh, squad car pulls up uh, after about four minutes. Great. I grab my katana because <laughs> I have a katana now, which is great. <laughs> old man samurai, old man vampire samurai. Uh, I open up the door. Uh, the the front door. Yeah, yeah. I'll ride shotgun with this guy and get in. I say, now drive. <laughs> um, he begins driving and he's not going far. He tells you that the medical examiner's office is just uh, just not far away. And uh, Miles, I think that you need to give me a rouse roll for that uh, feeding of the ghoul um, to oh. see if you get hungrier because you first you fed on him, then you fed from him. So let's see. Or no, you fed on him and then you fed him. So let's see yeah, how yeah. you do. I'm feeding all kinds of little, yeah. little bits. Blood in, blood, blood out. Blood out, hey, it's money. Um, success. Okay, great. You're not you're not any hungrier. Um, and finally he pulls you up to this like kind of low slung 
brutalist building that's a couple blocks from the Allegheny River. Um, and, uh, you know, up a short flight of uh, stairs, you can kind of enter the medical examiner of Allegheny County's uh, offices. Okay, great. How, um, how long is this katana? Is it a full-blown katana or one of those, like, short boys? I it's just a full know if it's Okay, it's there's no concealing it. It's an auburn probably like puts on like a bathrobe and like practices, you know, tempo <laughs> in his like underwear. Yeah. All right. The guy you stole the car um, from. Okay, great. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna turn to this uh, cop and say, "You're gonna get me in there, and you're gonna show me the body, and you're gonna take this with you." And I hand him the katana. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go in there with a weapon. I, I can't. I can't do that. You're a goddamn police officer. Show some respect for yourself. You can do uh, anything. You're powerful now, don't you understand? I've given you the greatest gift you'll ever get. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand. Just do what I tell you. I'm sorry. Bring I don't. I, uh, you're gonna need to roll again. The presence, you know, it it it, it casts the spell for a little bit. But don't worry, I'm not going to double jeopardy you too much. Um, he's not like running off and attacking you or anything. He's just, he's having a moment. He doesn't know if he can do it. Fair enough. So what I'm doing. I want you to presence. continue to daunt him with a presence plus intimidation roll. As you wish, my friend. Ooh, one success. <laughs> okay, follow me. He starts walking into the medical examiner's office. He goes inside. And of course, there's a small lobby with, uh, you know, kind of a security check-in desk. Um, this cop has a little bit of blood. <laughs> oh, I lip. don't get pink. Hashtag get uh, pink. I get pink. Thank you. Give me the rouse roll. Um, oh, and he is, uh, he's, he's kind of like, <laughs> and um, he, um, he, he's holding the katana like this. And he goes, this Failure. man. This man is with me. I have to look at their bodies. Uh, and he shows his badge. And like the guy behind the security desk is like, eh, and lets him through. And he's like, come on. And, and he ask enters. Him, well, yeah, which, which way is this? The, the, well, I guess maybe he'll know. I go, well, which, ask him which, which way is this? The bodies that were brought in from the steel building tonight. I, I know where the morgue is. I know where the, I know where the morgue is. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. Why, why am I holding a sword? <laughs> you're holding a sword because you're a good little boy. You're going to get a good treat at the end of this. Don't you worry. Uh, he looks at you and he like kind of looks like hungrily at you for a second. Soon you're walking past signs uh, that say, you know, beyond this point, please scrub up. Uh, you know, uh, there's a place where you can pull foot guards uh, over your shoes, uh, kind of sticking out of the wall. Uh, and there's a big heavy door um, and he kind of knocks on it and waves to somebody inside uh, and bang, and that door opens and you're looking into the morgue like you may have seen on all of your favorite Pittsburgh cop shows. Pittsburgh <laughs> PD, Pittsburgh Justice, uh, Pittsburgh Blue. Um, so Pittsburgh uh, Gavison edition. No, hey! Okay. Um, so, um, there is a, uh, there is a morgue attendant in there and he's like wiping his brow and you can see he is surrounded by bagged bodies. Um, uh, and he's kind of wiping his brow and he's like, yes. 
which one, uh, there was a body here that uh, got brought in from the Pittsburgh Steel Building. It's uh, a young woman, CEO of the company. I'm, pa- papers. I'm her dad. I'm her father. Uh, the guy goes, this, this man is, this man is identifying the body. And I, I go, good, good, and rub his back a little bit. <laughs> good. I still need papers. Where's the off? Um, weren't you gonna show? Were you gonna show him outside? Because I thought we had the papers. In- right. Um, please come with me, sir. I'm not coming with you. Come with me now, sir. Let's roll some He's dice with these guys. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. This is for the cop. And this is for the uh, morgue attendant. My little puppet. The cop just sort of grabs the morgue attendant by the shoulders and starts to push him out of the room. And And the morgue attendant's like, what the fuck? This is fucking unprecedented. You you guys can't. And then the door shuts behind them and you are alone. I would have liked to have just quickly grabbed the katana out of his hand. Oh, great. Great. You have it. Okay. Good. Um, there I are start, 10 bagged bodies in here. I just start opening them up. Opening them up. I'm okay. looking for evidence. You open the first one and uh, you find a horribly uh, exploded body. The only uh, pieces of it you can see that are remaining have like some like pink fringe it looks like there's like part of like a cowboy hat <laughs> is this are these the gen con players they are you uh <laughs> then find a man uh, in a uh it looks like he was once in a well uh, a well appointed suit uh but he is completely covered in horrible burns he's almost Jesus. burned to a crisp in the top half uh okay oh then there's a guy that is uh, just filled with bullet holes. He looks like a fat biker guy. Ah, uh, and then you open a body bag, and you're staring at Adelaide Ross. Miles, Adelaide Ross, her beautiful, perfect smile, her perfect visage, the perfect facade she always kept up has been horribly marred. Her smile is broken. She's bruised, uh, and a part of her head looks to have been mushed in. She is a corpse, and I can tell you that the blood bond is gone while she's in a torpor like this, but I want to know how Miles reacts to this. It's complicated. Because she... She owned him. She controlled him. But at the same time, she took care of him. She, in some ways, she reminds him not so much of his daughter, but of his, of like a younger version of his wife when they were, when they were young and free. But he's angry at her. That's the thing. She did to him all the powers that were lorded over him in his Waking life and his in his alive life did to him for all those years. The the union, the the, the politicians, the medical insurance companies, all that stuff. In fact, toward so, the end, he couldn't even be sure if the things that happened with her were real memories or memories she had put in his mind. 
right? That's true. Because she would like replay entire scenes with him and That's recreate true. the memories that he had had. I mean, this is the. Do you think? Do you think in this time? Do you think in this moment? Because the bond has been broken, that I can remember that one time that she like, like altered reality for me. Oh yeah, I think that you now like in this moment suddenly all the memories come flooding back. And Miles, she didn't do it one time. She did it to you over and over again. She often, when you met her, was actually like almost like going like into a nervous breakdown and then would just make you remember her being strong and sexy and powerful later. She would just alter the memory later because she didn't want you to see her weak. And all of these memories come flooding back in miles. It is so traumatic and awful. I want you to make a willpower roll. (laughs) And I want you to get two successes. My willpower is barely anything now. So I have um, three in the pool and one hunger. Let's see. You wanted how many successes? I need two or something is going to happen. Oh, okay. I think you're going like to react. That. You're going to frenzy if you don't make. And actually, I'm you're, like, you're a bruja. You're a bruja. That's why I, I actually, instead of extra successes, how many willpower do you have? I had three and one hunger and I got two successes, but I would happily fail this roll. This sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I did it wrong because you are a bruja. So you should have taken two off of that roll to resist a frenzy. Uh, and you got two successes, you said? Yeah. Look, I'm hand waving this. You, you're the player. You just said that you wanted to. And by the way, there's no hunger and willpower rolls. But regardless, oh. look, we totally flubbed our willpower roll, but we want a frenzy, <laughs> right? Yeah, let's frenzy. Then let's fucking frenzy. What happens? What happens in this moment? He starts to shake everything that has happened, not only to with him and Adelaide, but with everything in his in the union in his life with his with his wife's death, everything. It all comes back to him in this moment. Hey, takes control. And he takes the katana <laughs> and just lops off her head. And if it doesn't go the first time, he keeps hacking at it. And every flick of the blade where he brings it back up, blood goes all over the wall. And he doesn't even notice that he's making just an absolute mess. Blood splattering everywhere until, until the head is off. And when it's off, he grabs it by the hair and says, now who's in control? And then throws it in the corner and leaves. <laughs> um, great. Um, I want to quickly narrate his exit. I want to quickly narrate his exit. What is he using the exit? Is he intimidating his way out? Is he sneaking out? How is he getting out? Well, um, I think it depends what he first sees when he leaves the door. Is it is it like is the the officer and the and the more guy like scuffling or is it a clear hallway with like one? Oh, they're out there. They're out there like in in it. Like in fact, it looks like the cop is now like kind of letting go of the guy and sort of like kind of like helping him up and like apologizing. That guy's apologizing. It looks like he's sort of that that altercation, right? Yes, it's the end of the, your presence. So, um, uh, I, you, um, I, I both. There's no point in Miles sneaking around at this point. Give me an intelligence plus athletics roll. It's going to make you find your quickest exit to just bolt. Okay. 
intelligence. Wits. Wits plus. Wits plus athletics. Wits. You're like looking for okay. a way out. Got it. Hold on. Roller. Verfilm. Or this is a hunger one. And uh, two successes. Miles, you find that there is a back entrance to this kind of morgue room where like EMTs can just pull up and roll off the bodies so that they're not like, you know, banging them up the front steps of the medical examiner's office. And that is the uh, place you exit through. You kind of jump yeah. into the back of an ambulance and then crawl out of there and off yeah. into the night. This and now old dude covered blood with his <laughs> I'd like to bring back all of my players. Uh, Clint, can we bring back Curtis, please? I want to narrate Woo. I want to narrate two cliffhangers for our party two um, two two cliffhangers um, the first is that an enormous force of anarchs like descends on the haven of Miss Sonia the Nosferatu primogen in Polish Hill like and they're like all in like you know, dark clothes. They're carrying guns and knives and stuff. They break into her home and it's completely dark except for a human man watching TV, right? And they are like, where is Sonia Nowak? Where is Miss Sonia? And he looks at them and he goes, she asked me to have you tell you my story. The only thing I want to say is that you work hard your whole life. Jen, if you were there and you're not, you would recognize this as the father of the family that owns this house. <laughs> you work hard your whole life to find a place for yourself, to build a house, to build a family. You put everything into it, like your dad did and your granddad did. Tradition. But you know, I got kids. Shut the fuck up, man! The anarchs are like... <laughs> Fuck you, get him. And they've like got him by the arms. And he's like, You got kids? They never appreciate it. That's the problem with the younger generation. Oh shit, he's got a bomb. Oh, they grab no. him, they see that his uh coat is open and he's got a bomb stuff to himself. He's like, the younger generation, they never appreciate it. Sonia's house explodes. <laughs> it's army of 30, a war zone. The army of 30 anarchs you sent to it is Fuck. possibly wiped out in a moment. The second, the second cliffhanger I'd like to leave you with. Uh, it happens later. It's the next day. It's the next day. It's the, it's the day after revolution night. You can't see their faces in this shot I'm setting for you. You just see muscular bodies, one of whom is in like a state trooper uniform, and they're watching some security footage on a monitor of Miles Vanderbuck in a morgue bringing a sword down over and over onto a dead body. And they're like, so that's him. Bring him in dead or you know really dead uh and that is the end of our session oh, for today oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. Keep up with our schedule and find out about all the cool things we have planned by following us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore stream of blood underscore. We're on Reddit at r forward slash stream of blood and join the stream of blood Facebook group. This podcast is produced by Andrew Struther, Brian Baldinger, and Clinton Trucks. I've been your storyteller, Jared Logan. And now today's Pittsburgh fact, because there weren't enough players in 1943, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles combined to play as the Steagles for just one year. Several powerful elder vampires went into torpor and slept through the entire war.